again ready to record some halloweeny bullshit welcome into the void with christopher pierce and buddy lloyd i'm gonna knock all this bullshit out of the way i wrote my announcements down like a big boy today buddy did you yeah uh we're on professional pirate media that's a podcast network our producer mark johnson you can look him up on facebook he records and sends me the files to be released it's tremendously helpful he's got a terrific network full of podcasts including big mouth in the mid-south which i will actually be on this week so if you would like to hear a conversation between me and mark that has nothing to do with death metal and nothing to do with murders that's the ticket he also has a new podcast coming out called Epizootics of the Blowhole, which is... <laughs> <laughs> Blowhole! Blowhole. That's two great words put together in one great word. And when you think about what it is, it's even funnier. It's a blow. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> no. man, that fucking hole is just made for blowing. <laughs> I'm just thinking about somebody dancing around with a kiss when I hear blow hole. What's that uh, hole on your back there for a whale? Blowing. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it'd be fun to stick your dick in a blowhole well. Man. Woo. Um, they call you Captain Gayhab. Also, the, uh, <laughs> the, the five-star reviews. Man, let me tell you, that helps us so much. And I know you guys like listening to this. We love, love that you listen to this. And then when I can look on there and see that you gave us five-star reviews, man, it makes my day. And also... It uh, boosts us up in the ratings. Every time you give us a five-star review, we pop up in the ratings, and then people will see the podcast and be able to discover it themselves. So if you want us to make this thing bigger and better and keep the momentum rolling, man, those five-star reviews on whatever platform you listen to this on really help us get discovered. So thanks for that. Keep doing it. In fact, you've got one more week in October to win a contest that we've been putting on. If you give us a five-star review on iTunes and roast me and Buddy in the comments, in other words, make fun of us to the best of your ability, you will win a candle holder handcrafted from Animal Face by Buddy. And it looks killer. If you look on our Instagram, Death Metal Dicks, you can find it. And uh, you really would like to have that peace in your home. So make us feel like fucking idiots and give us five stars and help the podcast out at the same time. We'd love you for it. We love you for listening. And welcome to this show. If you're not familiar with Death Metal Dicks, what we do here is we take horrendous true crimes, paranormal events, and conspiracies and compare them to the lyrics of our favorite death metal songs. Um, This week, we're doing part two of Richard Ramirez. Uh, before we started, I wanted to uh, send out a big rest in peace to Martin Ain of Celtic Frost. Unfortunate news last week. Uh, you know, founding member of Celtic Frost 
passed away. He's only 50 years old, so very sad. You know, it's one of all of our favorite bands. Yep. It's one of everybody who plays metal's favorite bands. You know, a lot of people talk about <clears throat> Black Sabbath being incredibly influential on metal, and they were for sure. But as far as extreme metal goes, the band that really pushed into what turned into death metal, what turned into black metal, going faster, bigger wrists, thrashier. I, really even <clears throat> like 90s hardcore, man, I would say. Yeah, any extreme music. They just had, they went fast, they tuned low, they had big chompy riffs, they had breakdowns. You know, Celtic Frost really paved the way for so many bands, and they put out some of the greatest albums ever recorded. So if you're like us, you've been listening to it all weekend, loud as fuck. You're listening to it all week long, and uh, just, you know, pour some out for Mardinane. Yep. Uh, exciting news, there's a new serial killer in Tampa, Florida, the home of American death metal. Damn, here we go, here we go, that BC your blowhole. <laughs> <laughs> He's fucking killed three so far, the facts that I have. I saw a grainy security cam footage of him, it looked like a white guy in a gray jumpsuit. He's apparently walked up and shot three people so far. Which is kind of boring, but I assume as the progress continues, if he's able to keep killing, as most serial killers do. Whoa. <laughs> I'm burping. I'm drinking tonight. I don't drink often on the podcast. I don't know if you know that, but I keeps it a professional. You used to. Well, yeah, but then I started doing <laughs> jujitsu on Wednesdays, and I'm not doing it this week. So, you know what, motherfucker? I'm just going to drink some vodka. Me and Buddy, if you're watching us on YouTube, I've been drinking this thing of McCormick since we started the podcast. It's on the way out. If we can finish it off tonight, I should have got an energy drink myself. No, you're drinking it with water. Mm-mm. Mm. <laughs> Taking a big swig. Take a big old big swig. Um... Well, shit, that's pretty much it for the... Uh, oh, I wanted to shout out our buddy Cam, friend of the podcast, his friend's band, Pagtheon. He showed them to me. Man, that's a kick-ass band. Was that the band we listened to last week? Yeah. Oh, yeah, That's a kick-ass fucking band. <laughs> they are Blast beats. Uh, I mean, it's kind of black metal, you know? They got blast beats and... Type riffs, you know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, they're fucking heavy, dude. You should check them out. That's out of North Carolina. Thanks for the thanks for showing me that band, Cam. I like to shout people out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, I like it when people do it for us. I like to do it for people. Art's hard. You know what I mean? Art is hard. You got to fucking push the envelope. It's good to share cool shit with people. You know what I'm saying? For free, Art can make <clears throat> you hard. And speaking of free, uh, well, yeah, let's just go into the podcast. So I can do the rest of it when we're done. I've been talking yeah. for a long time. Y'all ready to talk about guts and gore? Guts and gore. I don't like giving warnings, but <clears throat> ooh, yeah, I'm flimmy. I'm burpy. Man, you should just quit drinking. Just All right, fucking pig pen. <laughs> <laughs> Big old fucking slop palace over here. Uh, yeah, last week we started talking about old Richie Rich, Rich, Rich Ramirez, and we um, dabbled. We, we got you know his origin story. This yeah. week, forewarning, it's all guts, baby. It's all stabbing, stomping, spraying, shooting, fucking. It ain't good. Stabbing and flabbing. <laughs> getting stabbed, getting flabbed, getting fucked, getting sucked, getting zucked. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you don't like guts and gore, you wouldn't be listening in the first place. But heads up, lots of rape. Ugh. Lots of stabs. All right. So, here we go. 
Last week we told you about Richard's wild-ass childhood, his shitty dad's temper, and general neglect from his family, which led to Richard hanging out with his wild cousin Mike. Mike was a psychopath that loved killing women in Vietnam. When Richard was around 12, Mike began teaching Richard how to kill, then shot his goddamn girlfriend right in front of Richard. Factor that in with Richard having two traumatic head injuries at a young age, and you've got the perfect recipe for a guy who's going to want to use every drug and kill for Satan until he's killed himself or caught. All right. One thing I forgot to mention in the last episode is before, you know, I, <clears throat> I'd done a lot of research, and I was talking about the transition from Richard going from El Paso to Los Angeles. And when he got to Los Angeles, there wasn't a lot of information. Well, a couple of things I found out is that in 1978 in Texas, Richard, remember we talked about him breaking in that hotel room, started to rape the wife, husband beat the shit out of him, and then they wouldn't press charges. Well, in 1978, he got fucked up on PCP, and he raped the lady repeatedly. No charges were pressed against him, but he ended up getting prison time for car theft. Whoa. Which, you know, he was an excellent thief. That was something that him and Mike did. And then uh, his sister's boyfriend that was peeping the whole neighborhood with him. They love breaking into shit. And people people love... I mean, there's a certain thrill that robbers get. Is robbers the right word? Well, you know, breaking and entering. Yeah. A lot of people do it for money. But a lot of people do it just to creep around, you know? Do you ever hear of the uh, East Area Rapist? No. I mean, a real similar prowess to Richard Ramirez in California, except he didn't kill very many people, but he was first known as like the something ramsacker <laughs> because he would just break into houses when people weren't there and rifle through all their shit and not take anything. Then he started raping women and uh, he would do the same shit. He would like rifle through their house. He would make food in their house. He would just be there for hours, just digging, screaming, cooking, crying and fucking against their will. And uh, I think there's some type of, I think there's a group of people that get an erotic thrill out of breaking into a house. They're stealing shit. Well, Not no, even stealing, but this guy wasn't even stealing shit, dude. He was just rummaging through stuff, smelling undies. You know what I mean? Just sniffing drawers and things like that. Just the animal house and walking around and just fucking jerking off on people's shit. I get it, I guess. You know what I mean? And plus there's a the thrill of being in there when you're not supposed to. Yeah. So... I think he had that going on. He was definitely stealing shit to buy drugs, though. You know what I'm saying? His breaking and entering for sure revolved around getting drug money. But, uh, you know, PCP, we knew about the cocaine and the heroin, but PCP is some wild shit from what I understand. It's just formaldehyde, right? Uh, No, you're thinking of, uh, what the fuck is that called? Shit. Sherman Hemsley? Getting yeah, wet? Sherm. Sherm. That's yeah. PCP, dude. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. so. I don't fucking know. That's why I'm asking. I would know. Weren't you a drug counselor, you dumb fuck? Yeah, but I I mean, (laughs) not in the 80s. (laughs) (laughs) Where PCP was hot. Mm. Man, that new NWA and some Sherm, dude, you were having a fucking hell of a day. Bing, dong, boom, bing, dong, boom, bing, dong. Rolling down the street, smoking formaldehyde. Oh, wow, gonna stab some guys. (laughs) (laughs) That shit makes you strong, right? That's what it does. It just fires your ass up. But you're like trooping. 
and also real fucking strong. And you shit. ever seen that boy punch a brick wall? He breaks the he breaks the brick, but his hand just fucking like the bones just shatter. So his like hands like jello and shit when he puts it down. But he doesn't know because he's all PCP the fuck out. <laughs> he's all stretch Armstrong today. Trips over his hand and falls down. <laughs> oh, dude. That one's fucking nuts, dude. Wild. I can't wait. Yeah, so he's using PCP, cocaine, heroin. He moved to L.A., uh, and that was after the prison time. So I think he's just getting away from El Paso. Apparently his sister Ruth, who was married to the Peeping Tom guy, you know, she came to L.A. and tried to get him to come back to El Paso with no avail. And we left off. He had just killed nine-year-old May Leung, and uh, that's the little girl that they found his DNA in 2009 on her. He was never charged because he was on death row dying. Anyway, um, and then he fucking, I'm trying to not say fucking and um so much. I've been, I listen back and I'm like, fucking, 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 fucking. You gotta stop that shit. You just quit saying um, fucking's cool. No, it's an um. It's my um. Instead of saying um, I say fucking. I'm more of a fucking than an um. I think I got it all out of my system right there. Richard... Damn near decapitated that 79-year-old woman, Jenny Vincow, and then he committed necrophilia on her corpse. That's where we left off at, right? Then, in between his next murder, he raped two little girls. He, yeah, definitely, yuck. Snatched up a six-year-old girl. He grabs her at a bus stop, stuffs her in a laundry bag, molests her, and then dumps her like a mile away from where he picked her up at. Like, was she dead when he put her in the... No, she was alive. He didn't kill her. Oh, God. And then, same thing, about a week later, he snagged a nine-year-old from her bedroom. Now, how scary is that shit? That's fucking terrifying. Because I got kids, you know. We've talked about that before. I just can't imagine somebody being able to get into your house, pop your window open, shimmy in there, and then pull your kid out of the window without you ever knowing it. That's like the worst nightmare you could possibly have. I don't like thinking about it. I don't like knowing somebody got away with it. Well, I mean... Got away with it, yeah. I mean, they, they did it, you know. They got caught, but it didn't amend the situation. <laughs> so, I don't know. I'm glad I have dogs that Yikes. freak out about every little noise. You got to stop getting on to your dogs, man. You know your dogs, somebody's outside, you yell at them for barking. But, man, that shit it could be the difference between that happening and not. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Holy shit. And then he goes back to killing. So, where we're at now is 1985. February 21st, he slays Christina and Mary Caldwell, who are elderly sisters, invades their home, beats, stabs, rapes, and then desecrates their corpses. And the police said that he literally sprayed their entire apartment in blood. So he was just moving them around and stabbing them and spraying flab stab all over the place. (laughs) Then he waits about a month. We get to March 17th, 1985. Richard is going to break and enter 22-year-old Angela Barrios' house. She meets him at the door, and Richard immediately fires a shot at her. She goes down, but when he fired the shot, she put her hand in front of her face like to keep herself from getting shot by a damn bullet. And some fucking how, the bullet ricochets off the keys. And he falls down like she got shot dead, lays on the ground... Wow. How does that happen? Uh, now, if Richard's forcing the will of Satan, you think God came down and was like, Wating? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wating. Yeah. Sheriff Jesus saving you on that one. 
and I, I know, I know too, because I, I remember reading about this. Like he used like uh, guerrilla warfare, like basically, like just he followed her home and then got out of the car, waited for her to get out, and just fucking ran up on her ass, man. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Mikey, Mikey, Mike. He, again, he he taught him the Vietnam way to kill people. The whole idea that they had was that you just wanted to kill people swiftly, so you didn't have to deal with the struggle. Because Mike knew what it was like to deal with the struggle. Richard knows going into it, people are hard to kill, which they are. When we go through this, I want to ask several times, how the hell people are hard to kill? Yeah. It's not like, I mean, you think because you just watch movies all the time, that's the closest we come to murders is watching horror movies and the types of movies that we like. And people just get shot in the back of the head. And that's that. Yeah. But that's not often the case. Man, what, what's, durable ass bodies. What really puts things in perspective though, man, is the fucking like, if you watch any documentaries on uh, um, sociopaths or psychopaths, yeah, like when people break down, like how they think, man, that's what really gets you fucked up because it's like they don't see you as like a person or a vessel with a soul, and they're just like, ah, this is just some fucking, you know, whatever, and then they're yeah. just like, all right, you're dead, you suck. Yeah, and we were talking about that last week too. How when you're Mike was a Green Beret, which is yeah. the most elite you can get in the army, and when you're in that level of warfare, I mean, they are teaching you like, hey. These aren't people, they're animals, and this animal is trying to ruin our lives. So they're going to kill you if you don't kill them, and you got to get out here and kill these motherfuckers, and they're like a bug. Just go squish them. Yeah. And that's definitely how Richard feels, for sure. And they don't, but they don't feel anything at all yeah. about it. Well, unless they get in trouble, and then they're like, oh, I'm sorry I got in trouble, but I mean. And I'm, old Richard's not. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, no. That's one thing you got to like about that boy is he never says sorry. Uh, sorry, sorry, sorry for this fucking pain. <laughs> yeah, so he shoots her, ricochets off of the keys, sparing her life. Richard Ramirez enters the house and he sees 34-year-old Dean Akazaki. As soon as Richard catches an eye full of him, he pulls the pistol out again and shoots and dead first shot. I just wanted to hear you drink on Mike. Uh, yeah, so he kills Dean Okazaki right away. That isn't enough for him. The exact same day, he goes back out on the prowl. He attacks 30-year-old Sai Lan Yu in Monterey Park. Richard snatched Sai Lan out of her car, shot her several times, and fled. Apparently, she laid there and died as the ambulance was on the way. Ugh. So several bullets takes a while to die. Not like you think. Yeah, yeah. That's what I've learned as we've been covering these serial killers like Dennis Rader. When we were talking about him murdering people, remember how he tried to strangle that family to start with? Yeah. And it was the first time that he had ever killed somebody. So when he started choking them, they just kept waking back up. <laughs> God damn. It's just so, I mean, we're, we're durable, man. Shout out to the human race for not dying as easy as you would think. March 19th, 1985, Richard abducts another young girl, rapes her repeatedly, and lets her go. And that's the third one. But remember, the first girl that he killed was that nine-year-old, Mae Lint, which makes me think, does he just not like killing little girls after that? Because, again, he never brought that up. He never bragged about killing her. He never told anybody. So factoring that in, with he keeps raping young girls... But he's not killing them, so I wonder if some. Well, I wonder what happened. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of weird because it's kind of a prominent thing with serial killers is like they'll kill a young kid or whatever, but they don't want to talk about it. They don't want to brag about that. 
Is it? I mean, I wonder if it's just because it was like a test run. Like, is it a test run? They're trying to try it out to see like what's the logistics like between a kid and an adult. Yeah, that's what we were thinking. I mean, you're also trying to figure out with your first murder if you can murder. Yeah. So you probably don't want to take on the strong target, which is another thing you got to shout out BTK for in this series of events. He took on a whole family to start with, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. But Richard and a lot of serial killers, yeah, they kill a kid to start with, or like. Uh, mom, you know, someone that seems easy to pick off. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I just am noticing this pattern where he keeps raping young girls, but not killing them. And they're all the same age as me, Ling, but he killed her and he doesn't kill them. And I I just wonder why. I I would think that he's probably got something going on where he didn't really like killing her. Yeah, man. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's like a just like him trying to figure out what he's gonna do whenever he does it. Like, yeah, know. he definitely isn't a planner. It doesn't seem to me like. No. I mean, I think that he, yeah, he, maybe he plans the area he's gonna go to. But he's an improv guy. He's a yes ander. He zip zaps up on all these murders for sure. Or another thing too, maybe is like a, a to show his allegiance to the devil. Like he's got to do something super fucking evil. Like the most evil thing you could do, which is yeah. like kids, you know? Like, yeah. He ramps, man. Does he ramp? It's like everything that he does. It gets more and more quote unquote evil. Satan allegiance to you. As I kill. Dominus. Satanus bungus. Yeah. As it's always so weird to me that you would have like a Hispanic dude that's coming from a Hispanic family. Just get all Satan-y all of a sudden. Activated out of nowhere, you know? Yeah. Uh, March 27th, again, he just killed and then raped another young girl. And now he's going to kill again. This was a really terrifying event from California. This was a pretty prominent family. The Zazara residence, I think it's how you say it. And he blunt force bludgeoned 64-year-old Vincent Zazara to death. As Richard is covered in blood, he turns his attention to his wife, 44-year-old Maxine. What? A 64-year-old man and a 44-year-old wife? Ooh. That's 20 years. Dude, Vince, you fucking dog. He's got a big dick. Get a lot of cash or something because he's fucking swinging yeah. dick on a... But you know how you try to put your pants, you put your dick back in your pants like after you pee and there's a little bit of drip? <laughs> yeah. That boy did that every time because his fucking funnel. <laughs> tunnel. <Was a> tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a pee hole the size of a stab wound. <laughs> God damn it. And then after that, covered in blood, which has to be so terrifying, Richard stabs Maxine to death, carves a T on her left breast, I'm guessing for tit, carves her eyes out of her head leaves and the mom and dad's son comes to check on him two days later and finds the bodies but not the eyes Woo! yeah whenever uh, somebody anything associated with the eyes is uh has to do with paranoia normally you think so, so yeah no i mean it, i mean it is just well he's gotta off. be fucking paranoid There's i mean he's kinda... blowing lines so the only thing blowing lines cocaine makes you real annoyed oh, dude. Yeah. you get well, sweaty just looking around staring out the window scratching well, that's the issue is it's like i think maybe it's like because uh you know in ancient cultures they talk about like 
um, the eyes or the window to people's souls, you yeah. know, things like that. Like, oh yeah, watching him do something so fucking gruesome, like, you know, like the the victim, even if they're dead. So he probably like cut their eyes out just out of a sign of paranoia. Like, what do you think a Richard Ramirez crime scene is like when he's there? You think he's like screaming and shit the whole time? He's got to be. What he's are you just be, like? Yeah. He's like, yeah. He's He's probably plucking out eyes like Grayson going, Living after midnight, sucking some dong, <laughs> ripping this bitch's eyes out, I'm gone, I'm gone. I came in here and I'm cutting out eyes, cut in, cut in. I'm opening legs and fucking between thighs, fucking, fucking. Jizzing after midnight, <laughs> whether you want me to or not. Yeah, that's probably too far. <laughs> God damn it, man. Uh, then he just waits about a week and a half and attacks this Chinese couple, Harold and Jean Wu. As he's coming in the door, Harold gets popped in the head, dies instantly. Then Richard punches, binds, and rapes Jean. He left her alive, Lord knows why. He had plenty of time and opportunity to kill her. No one ever came. They were in the house for over a week before they got discovered. What's going on in Richard's head? The bro wants to get caught. You think so? For fame. I would. I mean, that's just... I don't think he's... See, I think with Richard... You know, I know a lot of... I know that serial killers do want recognition for what they're doing. Yeah. But what he did, it was so fast. Yeah. You know, he wasn't... I keep bringing up BTK because he's the opposite end of the serial killer spectrum from Richard Ramirez. You know, BTK plans everything out. He does it in spurts. So he, because he lets the attention die down and then goes back. He wants that uh, BTK wanted that Zodiac type fame because he wanted to outsmart everybody because he thought he was the smartest man in the world. He wanted people to worship the idea of him being so slick. He got away from the cops. Planned everything out. Richard is just a maniac. You know, he's in there screaming, spraying blood everywhere, cutting, slashing, stomping, stabbing, coming, coming everywhere, coming all over the damn place. Good. You got to think that he's not, he's, he's probably not thinking about contacting the newspapers right now. And plus right now, I mean, they haven't even put the pieces together to say, oh, there's a serial killer. It's just a lot of deaths going on. Yeah. You know what I mean? So... I don't know, man. I'm just trying to figure out where he's at because, I I mean, he is fucked off on drugs. He's a psychopath. I don't think he's – he's got to be schizophrenic too because he's at a level – I don't. the only reason why I think he's schizophrenic, he's got some type of psychotic scenario where he believes that he's communicating with Satan. You know what I mean? Yeah. And as much as I want to talk to the devil, at the end of the day when I lay down in bed, I know for a fact if I'm like, all right, Satan, good night, buddy. He's not gonna send me a good night back. You I don't know? know, man. The thing is, is I don't think I don't think that's the case. I think that the drugs are the issue, man. I think that like I think he's using drugs to communicate with the devil, and the devil's telling him to do it. Yeah, and I I don't think I don't think he's. So you think when he just gets blasted out on PCP and he thinks he's communicating yeah. with Satan, he's which definitely makes got sense, some, man. He's got some kind of psychosis for sure. Yeah. but I don't know if it's that. Yeah, so you, so you you can be like psychotic and think you're communicating with somebody and not necessarily be schizophrenic. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You can. I mean, like, I mean, if if he 
for one, if he's like, if he is like through and through that way, like schizophrenic, he's like that without medicine, period. Well, without taking any drugs. Right. But uh, when he gets uh, more fucked up, it comes out more like he just has the, he's talking to the devil. He's asking fucking yep. for help. Hell yeah. And he's fucking too. Oh, and he's getting it in a way because he is sure getting away with this shit right he's now. He's like a Latino Shang Tsung. He's a, <laughs> he's a, he's a fucking Joy. Shang Bung. Is your sword his mine? <laughs> you will come More to chips. Me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck, man. Come on, dude. <laughs> man, and uh, this is about the time where he starts turning a fucking corner, dude, because up to this point. I mean, you can see a clear ramp with Richard. He kills a little girl. He's killing the elderly. I feel like he really fucking hates Asians. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'll chug it. Uh, oh, feel- no, 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 no. Listen to this shit. So when I went to New Orleans, I went to the Museum of Death. Yeah. And I read some of the like handwritten letters, like the original like copies of things that he wrote. And he was like asking this dude for fucking whack magazines of Asians. He's like, just send me some fucking Asian magazines to whack to weird. <laughs> he's yeah. just mutilating Asians. Uh, just Why? Gets hot, dude. Yeah, I guess. He's probably sitting with a Sharpie, like drawn. He likes them old him. too. Old and bold. God, dude. How's that not a flavor of Doritos yet? Like, why is there not a Oak barrel aged Dorito? I don't know. Give me that old bold Dorito. Even more, why is he not cutting eyes out and throwing them in a rice cooker, dude? Yeah. Yeah. He'll put it eye tacos. Who knows what he's doing? He's just not eating people. And that's where he fucked up at. How are you going to be just fucking spraying entrails you, everywhere? And I wonder not if challenge? he's like sucking the eyes. Like, <laughs> he's not <laughs> eating them, but he's just sucking them in the fucking. If he's so into Asian culture, maybe he's using them like medicine balls. You know what I mean? Those <laughs> things you jiggle around <laughs> in your hand, dude. It's like a. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking going to like a Chinese pawn shop looking for a gremlin. You just relax. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I got any damn gremlins around here. Oh, Jesus Christ. But yeah, he starts ramping up. He's coming into his own. He's done some vile shit, but he hasn't exactly gone into new serial killer territory. I mean, this is all your basic shit. Just fucking stabbing, strangling, and cutting. And he needs to find a way to make sure that people know it is Richard fucking Ramirez that has been here. And we're talking about 1985. And 1985 was a good fucking year in heavy metal. Oh, yeah. And he's driving around, stealing cars. In the meantime, that's why no one can ever find out where he is or who he is because he steals a car every fucking day. And he gets in that shit, and he cranks the most bitchin' heavy metal of the day and age. And let me tell you right now, Death Metal Dicks listeners, you're going to be able to jump on my Spotify and find a kick-fucking-ass playlist that I made entitled Death Metal Dicks Presents Richard Ramirez Rampage Playlist. Because I feel like this is the shit that was driving him to the brink when he was driving around. I mean, in 1985... Richard Ramirez is probably listening to these kick-ass albums. ACDC, Fly on the Wall. Hell yeah. Except Metal Heart. Oh, yeah. Megadeth put out Killing is My Business and Business is Good. God damn it. Motherfucking Overkill put out Feel the Fire. <laughs> Dude, Celtic Frost put out Two Mega Therion. Yeah. St. Vitus has got Hallow's Victim. Satanic Rites put out Which Way the Wind Blows. Anthrax put out the classic Spreading the Disease. Fuck yeah. One of the top ten albums of all time was put out by Exodus, Bonded by Blood. Let me tell you what else came out in 1985 that will send you on a killing spree right now. Slayer's Hell Awaits. Yes. Wasp put out The Last Command. 
Gravedigger put out The Witch Hunter. Venom put out Possessed. And Dio put out Sacred Heart. I'm going to have that playlist up. If you're watching on YouTube, it's not up yet. That's another bonus you get by watching us on YouTube. You get to watch on Tuesday, which is two days before everybody else gets the podcast. I'm going to have this ready tomorrow. So by Thursday, when I put this podcast out, you're going to be able to listen to a real kick-ass 1985 metal playlist, which is the exact, when I was making this, I just envisioned in my brain Richard Ramirez driving around in a stolen car, planning on pulling up on somebody and jumping in the house with a crowbar and a man, knife and a gun. Man, you know what's fucking hilarious? Though, was one of the documentaries I watched. He go, the guy that's like profile him, he's like, yeah, you just steal a car, get worked up, listen to heavy metal, and fucking kill. <laughs> you know, man, like, I get worked up listening to heavy metal too, man. Not to kill. Yeah, if I get worked the hell up, though, boy, I, tell, I, I get so worked. I want, I want to find me the biggest. Nastiest, sloppiest, <laughs> cheeseburger. Oh, yeah, that too. Man, look, dude, heavy metal. <laughs> Pussy. Yeah, That's hilarious. Man. Heavy metal makes you want to eat big old meals, drink, fuck big old poons, and get so drunk, dude. Slop, man. Man, when I hear Slayer, dude, my teeth tingle. Oh, yeah, hey, they dude. tingle. They need beer foam. They need nothing else. If you put some th- anthrax, if you put thrash on, Dude, I swear to God, I can feel a feeling in my teeth that needs beer upon it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not addicted to drinking. I take most of the week, but I'm just telling you right now, if you put that, if you, if there's a, if you put that, oh, yeah. You put that galloping riff, I gotta have a cold one. Man, anytime you see an old boy with a battle axe and he's fucking kicking the sides of a horse and he's going fast <laughs> as fuck. Oh, yeah, man. That's like I told you that one time. Remember on my birthday when we got real fucking tanked and it snowed? And yeah. You, and we said, you said something about weed, and I was like, yeah, man, that's pretty cool and all, but I like to drink. I like to go fast. Yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> I Drinking do like it. to go fast, I like man. I to go fast. Fuck. Woo! Uh, but yeah, check that fucking playlist out, man. It's a ripper. You're going to have a lot of fun listening to that shit. And just thinking about stabbing everybody. You get, I, that's the beauty of heavy metal, is you just listen to it, and then you don't stab someone. You get it all out by letting your brain go stab, 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 stab. And you just don't do it. You get it exactly. all out. It's the beautiful relationship between aggressive music and... And chill ass dudes, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so now we're up to March 14th, 1985, when Richard Ramirez busts into the Doy house, shoots Mister Doy in the head, but Mrs. Doy had, or no, he had actually he heard Richard coming in. He called nine one one. All right, you mess up the podcast because you're trying to make me drink vodka and. Uh, they can see it on YouTube, but they can't hear it on iTunes. You know what I'm saying? We want that five-star rating. So if I stop the chug vodka, we're not going to get a five-star rating. We can make a drinking game out of it. You know what I mean? Oh, you could just drink it. I'm going to. Well, then you got to talk, you dipshit. I'll talk. Go ahead. Well, say so. I was in the... Let me finish the, let me finish the Doy murder, and then you talk. So uh, Mr. Doy had called the cops. Richard heard a faint siren, and he bailed, and his wife lived. So he built and his wife lived. So she's probably thinking about the pleasure treasure chest that was once oh. her husband. Mm-hmm. Imagine the sweet sensual feeling of seeing your dead husband's wiener. <laughs> God. <laughs> There's no sensual feeling there. You don't fucking kill it. You vodka. Kill it. McCormick vodka especially. Is Pass that horrible. old boy over here, man. Are you going to finish this off? 
I mean, I'm gonna. We're you gonna, think we can finish this off this episode? We are gonna finish. It All off. right, hell yeah. Um, yeah, it's not great podcasting, but we're drinking a McCormick's that we've had since the beginning, buddy. Hey, man. hey it's it, like a sentimental. Listen, oh God, if you listen to you. this, if you listen to this podcast on the regular, anytime. I drink, or we drink, or we make a public announcement that we're going to drink. You yeah, drink. you should. You got to drink, man. You got to drink. You got to fucking drink. And by brother. the time you're done, you will be ripped. Yeah, we drink hard, man. You'll be ripped. I like, don't usually drink on. You know what I mean? I've been kicking back, lost a lot of weight, relaxed a little bit on that the last few weekends. <laughs> relaxed. Hey, listen, we want you guys to get so drunk that yeah, you fucking give your loved one a blumpkin. Yeah, man. Why? You know what? If you love somebody, man, have you tried to eat a pussy that's on the toilet? Mm, yeah, for sure. Of course, I have. You know oh, me. I mean, I, I haven't, eat but a pussy I want anywhere. to. I mean, anywhere. Wasn't trying to poop or nothing like that, but it was just on the toilet. It was dude. a pee pussy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I love a piss pussy. <laughs> yeah, boy. <laughs> they call me fucking piss pussy Tim. That's a fucking sun tea, man. You know how you, yeah. <laughs> you know how you put the fucking thing of yeah, tea yeah, up yeah. the you sun. You let it sit there for a few hours and marinate. That's a sun brew screw. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, get the fucking sun on that pussy, aka piss. All right, so sun chips. <laughs> this one's yeasty and cooked. All right, so I he'll look. A bit. <laughs> uh, Richard has definitely been listening to Venom's classic album Possessed because March 29th, nineteen eighty five, he finally brings Satan into it. He slips in the house of eighty four year old Mabel Bell and eighty one year old Florence Lang. Mabel was taking care of the 81-year-old invalid Florence Lang, and she lay there the whole time because she couldn't get up while Richard beat the dog shit out of both women. He tried to rape Florence, who can't move at all. Couldn't do it, but he did manage to scrawl pentagrams and satanic symbols all over them and their house. He took a thing of lipstick. This is the first Pinty he ever threw up and drew it on Florence's leg, her left thigh to be exact, and on their mirror, and then scratched a bunch of satanic symbols, quote-unquote, all over him. This is where human resilience just blows me away. I mean, we're talking about an 81-year-old woman who's taking care of a fucking... We're talking about, I'm sorry, we're talking about an 84 year old woman who's taking care of an 81 year old. Not only an 81 year old woman, but an invalid, which I assume means can't do shit. You mean Phoebe? <laughs> <laughs> she for sure can't connect the pain to, to the brain. brain. And she, the fucking, they, after he beat the shit out of him, carved symbols in him, tried to rape him. They laid there for four goddamn days. Mabel Bell died from her injuries on July 15th. That is months later. It's like a month and a half later. So she fought through a month and a half of basically being beaten to death by the area's most infamous killer. And She, didn't- sh- she should have got up and ate something. But she can't. <laughs> <laughs> no, this was the one that could oh, move. Oh, the fuck. invalid lived. She didn't die. She thiebed it out. She just kept going. Phoebe, That's Phoebe, the way that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way that life works, man. You just stuck. She probably wants to die. She's like, oh god, please bring me home. 
Kill him. Don't make me live that's, on this planet that's anymore. every person in a nursing home. Yeah, for sure, dude. Man, one time me and my grandpa went to visit my great aunt, and I hadn't been to a nursing home before. And the first thing that happens when we're walking into the nursing home, we hit the lobby. This lady starts coming towards us. She's got one leg, and she's wearing like a that house. She's wearing. Is she in a wheelchair? Is yeah. she using the one leg to oh, come yeah. closer to Oh, you? hell yeah. Oh, and she's God. wearing <laughs> she's wearing a nightgown with like a robe over the top of it, and she's just going, help, 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 help. <laughs> I remember she popped that pee so hard. And also, like, it wasn't a panicked tone. It never changed. And every time she said help, her foot touched the ground and scooted her closer. So she like, <laughs> oh, starts off. She starts off like five hundred yards away, all the way at the end of the hall, where I can't hear her saying "help, help," <laughs> and then just keeps fucking scooting, dude. And that isotoner that she got for Christmas, the one isotoner, is just pulling her along. And finally, she's like thirty feet away from us. And I'm sweating. I mean, my asshole is drenched. And I'm <laughs> so terrified. And I'm looking at my... Because you're on the edge? Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. I'm looking at my grandpa like, holy shit, we got to get the fuck out of here. And I'm looking and at my... And they're like, hey, this place has the best catfish. Like, that's a fucking silly boy. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I'm looking <laughs> at my grandpa like, what do we do? And he's just as scared as I am. And he's like in his 60s at this point. And he's just pulling my shirt. We're walking backwards, dude. And she keeps coming. And we just we end up walking out the front door. And we walk around to the back. And then we go back in. And he asks where her room is. And we jog down the hallway to her room. And we get there. And we're talking to her. And then they go into, like, the, yeah, exactly, the slop hall for lunch. And they're talking about how good the food is. Everyone is so stoked to be eating this old people food. And they're all old. They're just in there fucking... Oh, it's a hey. My grandparents had this thing called. Sing- well, I'm not done with the story. Okay, hold up, hold go up. ahead. And so we're sitting there, and we're eating with my great aunt. This guy comes up. He doesn't ask if he can join us. He just pulls up a chair and sits down. And he goes, "Yes, yeah, served in uh, F Troop 1932. Yeah, we would uh, hit Normandy and uh, took on the Germans there. You know, I wish God would just take me home." <laughs> and my grandpa <laughs> looks at him and looks at me. And he's like, "Yeah, I've been. I've had. You know, I've done everything I could." I, I had kids, I fought in the wars, I bought a house, I had a farm, and I'm just ready to go. And my grandpa's like, I'm ready for you to go. Yeah. I was like, damn, grandpa, from that field. <laughs> that guy got the hell out of there. How old's your grandpa now? He's 89, dude, 89. Oh, wow. Fuck, that's Yeah, wild. physically he's doing pretty good. Anyway, yeah, so go ahead. But, with yours. So my grandparents had this thing called Singing Seniors, and they would go to nursing <laughs> oh, great. homes. And so, so like, one day I skipped school. I was like, fuck this. I don't want to go to school or whatever. I act like I was sick. I drank some mustard water and fucking puked, and so they thought I was sick. Mustard water. And so they were like, they didn't trust me, so they just, like, took me. To this thing, they're like, this place has real good food. That's always a fucking selling point. So they sing or whatever. And this lady comes down the hall fucking footing around in a wheelchair and has a fucking Cabbage Patch Kid. And she's like, she's like, Todd. I'm like, uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I look like I do now, but like 350 pounds. Oh, yeah. And I'm fucking fat as shit. No nah, muscle. You look like Rosie O'Donnell, dude. I did for a fact. You had that. You had your. How is your hair not curly anymore? I don't know. What happened to your hair, dude? Uh. That's something <laughs> That's something we should figure out because you 
as a fat youth, had curly ass hair. I gotta find that picture, dude. I've got <laughs> yeah. a picture. It's yeah, great. we gotta put it on the on the page because you all denim, big curly. It's not like an afro. It's like that old. You had like an old lady, dude. I'm like 14. <laughs> I'm 14. It's, it's like a Rosie O'Donnell, man. I'm 14. It's a Christmas picture, man. Yeah, and it's like everybody looks all like, oh, in the holiday spirit. <laughs> not me, man. I'm wearing some fucking like jean cutoffs with denim vest, my and I'm fucked up. And my cheeks are huge, huge. Yeah, man. I'm you like, look, dude, I'm, I'm all you. menopaused up, dude. You remember when Rosie O'Donnell was super fat at like the height of yeah. her talk show? That's fame? what I looked dude, like. You dude. look so much. It's uncanny. Yeah, it's bad. But how did your hair get uncurly? I don't know. Man. That's not even a thing that happens. But uh, yeah. Anyway, so like singing senior, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah, so we're so we're like in the middle of it. They sing, they do their thing. But this lady comes rolling up on me. She's like, Todd. I'm like, my name ain't Todd. And she's like, I missed you at the prom night. This is our baby you left behind. It was supposed to die, but it didn't. It made it through. And I'm here right now to tell you, it misses you. No. Yeah, dude. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like 14, and I'm freaking though. <laughs> fuck out oh man and i, I said hey uh can i have the keys to the car and they're like yeah so i just go out in the car and fucking fire up a nice old tape and that tape was slayer rain and blood <laughs> <laughs> jesus christ dude that was definitely my move with my grandparents is whenever i got uncomfortable i'd be like can i have the keys <laughs> yeah dude listen to some tunes all right, man. So, yeah, I mean, now that Richard has crossed the point where he put the pentagrams and carved satanic symbols in these old Phoebes, he's <laughs> <laughs> he's gone full in, dude. Now everything is pentagrams, 666, Baphomets. He's putting everything Satan that he can possibly think of. Upside down crosses like all a, over the place. Like a goddamn English school binder. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Yo, dude, yeah. If you looked, okay, you, I could have been... The Night Stalker in sixth grade. If you would have looked at like mine, oh, any yeah. notebook, anything that I owned, upside down crosses, pentagrams, I couldn't draw a Baphomet, but 666 everywhere. Dude, I remember one time, fucking, uh, I mean, everyone knows I had a tumultuous home life. I tried to live with my mom one time when I was nine. Dude, she looked at my notebook, and it was so funny because it had 666s, upside down crosses, <laughs> pentagrams, but then you remember that 90s S? Yeah. Dude, I had drew, drawn that all over it. And she thought some like one, some old lady had told her that that was like a gang symbol. And dude, she physically, <laughs> I mean, she beat the shit out of me. And she was like, "Oh, you want to join a gang? You're gonna join my gang. I'm gonna jump you in." And she kicked <laughs> the shit out of me, dude. It was so God. stupid, dude. All over that S. Yeah, you yeah. know what I'm talking about, oh, right? Yeah, like I got the, my ass whooped for that too, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Uh, shout out. Uh, uh, give us a tag if you ever been had your ass whooped by your parents were drawing the S, the '90s S, dude. You know, so funny. Is our moms are such pieces of shit, oh dude. My God. And they're like, "Yo, you're really fucking your life up." But they're like, they're fucking, <laughs> "Oh my God, man, no, what are you doing? They're just party pigs. They're the fucking up- party pig, party pig, party pig, party pig, They're the fucking worst, man. And oh, they're man. like, "Oh yeah, you're gonna be a piece of shit." And it's like, "Well, <laughs> I got my life better than you do." Did you remember, dude? I could fucking eat Kleenex for a living, and I would have a better <laughs> life than our moms. Dude, my mom like found a fucking. Old like when I got into extreme metal, it was like Cradle of Filth when they first was like, you know, whatever. <laughs> and so I had this VHS tape. She she's like, I burned your tape. I was like, why? She was <laughs> like, because it's a devil worship shit. I was like, that didn't even like. What are you talking about? And then she's like, I know that they're devil worshippers. Man, no, they're not. No, they're not. This is stupid. This they're like Marilyn Manson with high pitched screams. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's exactly like, what they're like. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Richard Ramirez, he takes about a month off after that gnarly killing. 
He uh, has a real low-key thing. He slips in. He slits Patty Higgins' throat, draws pentagrams all over his shit, gets out of there. Uh, a little over a week later, less than two miles away from Patty Place, old Richie slits Mary Cannon's throat, draws pentagrams all over the place. Then five days later, July 7th, he makes a big-ass mess, beating the dog shit out of 61-year-old Joyce Nelson until she dies in her home for hours. Blood everywhere. Just smashed her fucking dome in. July 20th. I believe that's the one where he was wearing Avia shoes. Those fucking shoes that you can buy at Walmart. Yeah. The uh, sweet athletic gear that you used to be able to buy at Foot Locker, but now somehow surged all the way down to Walmart. Wearing a pair of those shoes, he just stomped her fucking head in until her fucking mouth said Avia on it. And that was one of the things that he got caught for because he would steal cars all the time, but no shoes. He ain't got time for shoes when you're thrashing. Nope. There's always thrashers have the worst shoes. You ever notice that? Shit? Like the white Nike high tops. Yeah, dude. He had white Avia high tops. I'm guessing and just stomped her fucking face in with him. Uh, uh, July seventh, yeah. or you know, I'm July twentieth. This was a fucking narfest, dude. Whatever happened in those 13 days really pent our man up. He got wild as fuck. Here, Richard Ramirez shows that he is all the way unhinged. He has lost his goddamn mind. And whoever he's talking to, Satan or whatever, he's going to show them how far he can push being evil. Richard breaks into the... Kuvanath residence shoots the husband and father named Chanarong. Chanarong Kuvanath. Sounds like a black metal band. Chanarong Kuvanath. Kills him immediately. Then he rapes his wife repeatedly, grabs their eight-year-old son, 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 Eight-year-old son grabs him, takes it in the room next to where Mrs. Chanarong is at, makes sure she sees him grab a bottle of baby oil. Takes the eight-year-old son into the room next door, forces her to listen to him rape the eight-year-old boy. What the fuck? That's what I'm saying, dude. That, he's just trying to push it, man. He's trying it's, to it's push it as hard to Satan, as he can. Man. Like he's trying to push it. He's trying to be fucking like, yeah, you know, yeah. That's what, that's the whole point. He's just trying to be as extreme as he can. There, he's like that band, The Shining. He's just going and going and seeing what he can get away with. Uh, dude, let me tell you this much. I don't know if you ever noticed a seething fan here in the studio, but it's made entirely of banana laffy taffy. <laughs> <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Yeah, he rapes the eight-year-old boy, Banana Laffy Taffy. We're having a great time. He somehow steals $30,000 in cash and jewelry from this family, which is plenty of money to get Richard through the next murder spree that he's going to, fueling himself up with PCP, cocaine, and heroin. That same fucking night, I don't know if he was excited about getting that much money, jazzed up about raping an eight-year-old boy or what the hell's going through his brain, but he goes to a neighboring suburb and slays Max and Leela meeting before they can even get out of their bed, just pow, pow, and gets the fuck out of there. God. 
Listen, dude. He's wilding out. Yeah, yeah, I'm drinking, man. If you, I got you, got to drink after that. Listen, guys, if you're listening right now, if you're at your place of work, and you just heard what I said, you got to take the edge off, brother. Yeah, crack open a cold one. I'm gonna count to ten. If you work at a restaurant, go into the walk-in. Yeah, go into the walk-in. Steal a beer. No one notices. You've done it before. I know you've done it before. I've done it. Everyone's done it. Yeah, this this walk-in. It's too cold. And if you're listening to this, keep one eye on the on the door. But remember, ten second show one. Keep going, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Two, God. three, four, five. It's just hot alcohol. Six, <laughs> so terrible. Seven, mm. eight, nine, oh. ten. You did a good job. I want to go ahead and I want to commend you if you chugged that long. If you just washed away all of that, we're yeah. moving on to August 6, 1985. Richard Ramirez kills Elias Abawath. Shoots him. <laughs> I think that's where a bath got his name. <laughs> Here's what I don't understand is that the more people he kills, the more absurd the names get. He's gone from, he's, he, he, he kills people. Does he just look for goofy names? He like gets in a phone I book. He's like, I can't doing. pronounce it. Let's yeah. kill him. Maybe that's why he's killing all the Asians because he's like, oh, this name's goofy as fuck. I'm going for it. Yeah. Elias Abawath he shoots him, then brutally, and I mean brutally, beats his wife. But she survives, and she gives a description of Richard Ramirez. And this description matches up with so many other descriptions. They have a great sketch of him and his hollow-ass eyes. This is when the press dubs him the Night Stalker. Is it a good sketch? Because there's, there's one that looks pretty similar. There's one that's a bad There's a sketch. bunch, but the, it's the one where it's got the feathery hair, yeah. the hollow eyes. And what's funny about Richard is that every single description that comes out of him, the first thing they say is, my God, his breath is terrible. His dick is small. <laughs> He's kind of good looking, I guess. It's like a... Uh, That's remi- why he likes Asian women. Hey, you know they're... what, dude? Richard Ramirez reminds me of our ex-friend Poe. Because <laughs> 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 He's got bad breath with a small dick. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. You know what, dude? I was just thinking, man. Maybe That's why he likes Asian women. Because like, like, uh, a Mexican small dick is like a huge dick to Asian women. <laughs> Don't stereotype, man. Come on. All right, 11, I'm, a, I'm just saying Asian women. 11 homes. days later, <laughs> August 17, 1985, he's back in San Francisco, which, I, again, because this sketch came out and it's everywhere, he's probably trying to throw the scent of the officers off of his trail. And the media and the police haven't known him to attack this far away from Los Angeles yet. So somehow he found a 66-year-old man named Peter Pan. <laughs> Which I assume is an Asian guy. He must have gone to Never Neverland, and uh, he fucking goes in there, shoots him, beats the shit out of his wife, and shoots her once again. Peter, <laughs> Pan, <laughs> she lives. What's going on with the people surviving these gnarly attacks? He's beating them. He beat her and shot her. How do you live through that? Is she Asian? I think so. What Peter Pan, fuck, dude. Man. Peter Pan. Yeah, they're so durable. You know what I mean? Asians? <laughs> <laughs> I just don't understand it, dude. So, you know, she confirms to police that it was a Night Stalker. They showed her a bunch of different sketches. She picked out the one that's plastered everywhere, and they've got their serial killer. They don't know who it is, but they know the the face. They know the smell. They know the dick size. They know the M.O. You know, I wonder if he like goes up to him and he's like, hey. Yeah, or you've seen, I'm sure you've seen Revenge of the Nerds, you know, where they're all sleeping in the gym. Yeah. The basketball gym, like, remember Booger? 
Oh, yeah, for and then sure. The Asian guy that was in there, and then they had Ogre. Ogre comes up to the Asian guy, and he's like, hey, you know any karate? And he's like, no. And he's like, all right. And he kicks his ass. <laughs> I wonder <laughs> yeah, if like yeah. I wonder if Richard Ramirez is like, you know any fucking karate? And he's like, yeah. no. He's like, kicks no, he's his definitely fucking ass. Yeah, kicks his yeah. fucking ass, kicks man. Kicks all their asses. Yeah, kicks everybody's fucking ass. That's the- <laughs> 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 if he even knows something if they had no karate. That's so absurd. <laughs> hey, man, Richard Ramirez is out there breaking stereotypes because I assumed when I was a kid that every Asian knew karate for sure. <laughs> oh, hell yeah, <laughs> dude. would be like, oh, no. You don't want to mess with that guy. They had a bowl cut, dude, and fucking like real oh, tight pants. Yeah, you knew you were getting yeah, your fucking yeah, ass yeah, kicked. Sure. All right, so you know if they had a French friend, dude, they were going to be in the Kumite. Here. Now, now, I mean, this twenty, the twenty four seven. This picture is circulating. Richard Ramirez. They're talking about it on the radio. It's on TV. It's in the newspapers. They're plastering posters everywhere. A week later, August twenty fourth, nineteen eighty five. Richard Ramirez. Only wounds Bill Carnes with three bullets to the head. How the fuck are these people living through this? How do you get shot in the head three times and just get wounded? What's happening here? Is Satan... What's happening here? <laughs> are these people not dying? I'm so blown away. Anyway, so he begin, He shoots him in the head three times. And then he begins a process of raping Bill's fiance Inez Erickson, twice. Now, he grabs Inez, and he says to her, You know who I am, don't you? I'm the one they're writing about in newspapers and on TV. Then he rapes her. Raping her once isn't enough for Ramirez, you know? So as he's going for round two, you know what he does? He forces her the entire time to proclaim that she loves Satan. Say you love Satan. Say you love Satan. And I think that's why she lives, because Satan is like, you know what, Richard, you're a fucking asshole. I'm tired of this shit. Quit dragging my name through the mud, you bad breath cocksucker. Brush your fucking teeth once in a while. Put some deodorant on. Stop raping everybody. I don't like rape. Quit this rape shit. You're coming to hell, and no one's coming with you, you crazy asshole. And there's a moment of clarity. He runs away. And he lets Inez go. Doesn't kill her. She notices that he's got an orange Toyota station wagon. About that same time, because the sketch is circulating, there's a teenager that saw him running to the car and is like, holy shit, I think that's the fucking Night Stalker. And uh, he notices the hollow-eyed Richard Ramirez jump in the same orange Toyota station wagon and writes down his license plate. Uh. And that is where we're stopping this week. Speaking of Say You Love Satan, there's a great 80s horror movie podcast called Say You Love Satan. It's good. I listen to it. It's good. Because it comes up on our recommended, or I'm like, if you like this. Here's the thing, man. I feel like we're getting coattailed a lot by iTunes on that shit. Because it's like, if you like this, you might like. And all the things I look at, I'm like, I, I hate all of these. <laughs> what are you talking about, iTunes? Don't pigeonhole us. Uh, pigeonhole this fucking whiskey dude i'm hammered vodka. i'm hammered and you can tell um but that's where we're stopping they've got okay. richard ramirez's current vehicle's license plate we're gonna cliffhanger that ass and we'll be coming back next week to finish out richard ramirez and look next week is halloween buddy how it's week. literally halloween on a tuesday the day that we record tooth boo and i am Beyond excited. I'm going to take my kids trick-or-treating. Me too. I'm going to come over here. Yep. 
record this goddamn podcast. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And uh, it's going to be tremendous because we're going to finish out the Richard Ramirez story. I think what we should do is work on our magic this week and try to summon the spirit of Richard Ramirez into this very room. What do you think? Yeah, let's do it, man. We'll definitely do that. Um, what else should I say? Okay, oh, you uh, let's do the social media shit. You can follow me on Facebook, Christopher, K-R-I-S-T-O-F-E-R, because my mom was on drugs and retarded, so she couldn't spell M. Pierce. And the same goes for me. Buddy Lloyd, L-O-Y-D, Death Metal Dicks. That's all Facebook. Instagram, if you want to follow me, it smells like Teen Chris. If you want to follow Buddy, it's Lloyd Have Mercy 666 the podcast. Buddy's doing a great job running that Instagram. It's funny, funny, funny. It's Death Metal Dicks. Follow Pro Pirate Media on Instagram. On Twitter, it's just... Oh, no, no, no. We got a Twitter. I got a Twitter this week. Did so you? you've got Death Metal Dicks on Twitter. We got no followers. See what you can do. Give us a follow. As many followers as we can get. I'll get so horny. Will you get horny? I'll get horny. Oh, so horny. We'll be I'll so my fucking cock rock, rock hard. hard. I want to spray on my so ceiling when I'm laying down. Rock hard. If you follow us on Twitter at Death Metal Dicks, um, follow everything that uh, Professional Pirate Media's got going on. Uh, we're gonna we're working on a Patreon right now. Look, <clears throat> give me some feedback. You know, I'm trying to work on this Patreon, and it, it gives you a bunch of tears. So here's my ideas so far. I want to spitball them out to you guys because I care about what you think. You know what I mean? Um. Oh yeah, we forgot our song this week because we've been drinking a whole bunch. Oh, what I the did, hell's wrong? I gotta with fire it up, dude. You gotta fire it up. All right. Well, let me finish these things and then we'll do the song. That's probably a good order too because we always do this and then we, that way people have to listen to this part to hear. My favorite part, which is you reading. Yeah. Especially drunk. So on the Patreon, <laughs> um, oh, I forgot the name of the, the song. The Tears. Though. Can you write it down? It's a Goat Lord. But what's it? Come on. Just write it down. You men are fucking stupid. <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway. So Patreon, right? Here's how Patreon works. What you're doing is you're contributing some gitas, some cake, some fun, some ducats to the podcast. Because, you know, what? Well, we want to do with that is make merchandise, t-shirts, buttons, patches, koozies, all that cool shit that everyone that loves metal loves to have. I would like to make vinyl records. Think about that. When we get to episode 100, what if we made a vinyl record? What if we did a live show for episode 100 and made a vinyl record of that? You know what I'm saying? It'd be awesome. It'd be incredible. And this is the type of things that, that's, that's the reason why we have to have a Patreon. Like, we're not going to make money off of this, but we there's a lot of cool shit that we can do that gets to you through this. So when we do the Patreon, it's going to be in tiers, but what we'll be doing is the the what you contribute to us will be giving to you and we'll need the extra money to do it. So like and this gives us the opportunity too. like if we do live shows, we're able to travel and if we're able to travel. Yep. We're able to party with you motherfuckers. Oh, yeah. That's the end result for us. And we party heavily. So the Heavy. thing is, is if we come to your town, we're not going to just show up and do a podcast and then go back to the hotel. We're not. A, that's not the way we live life. You understand? We're going to be out till eight o'clock in the morning. You're going to get tired of us. You're going to be like, all right, we're done. Just go to bed. We're going to come. We're going to drink your drinks, do your drugs. I'm going to put my balls on your fucking forehead. <laughs> <laughs> we have a good fucking time, man. So, 
You know, I've, there's tiers. This is the thing with Patreon is that there's tiers. And I'm trying to figure it out. I don't want to do things that you guys don't like. So when I look at the tiers, I, I think like we could do a $1 a month tier. Because here's the thing is we're like 40,000 listens. If you took, I mean, basically, that's more than 10,000 listens a month. So if a thousand people a month gave us one dollar, that shit would be bonkers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that's enough money to do whatever we want to with this podcast. But for one dollar, I think we could release the podcast a week early to you. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Um, and then there, we could do a five dollar tier and things that we want to do with Patreon is we want to do album reviews. Uh, so for the $5 tier, you could get our bonus content, which would be like album reviews. Uh, we can do small episodes here and there, uh, live episodes. Anytime you record a live episode, you're going to have to be a, a patron to receive the live episode. And that's because it's a special event, you know, it's like a ceremony and we can't just put it out on iTunes on some regular ass shit. We're going to have to put it on Patreon. Um, we'll have like a $10 tier, $10 tier. My idea is that we will shout you out on the podcast. So where I'm talking right now, once we get this thing rolling, I won't have to explain it anymore. And we'll be able to say your name on the podcast. You know what I mean? It's a lot of people listening. Get you some social media follows. We'll mention your Twitter handle, whatever you like. And then, you know, maybe like a $20 tier, $20 tier. We'll get you a t-shirt. We'll get you a... Whatever. You know what I mean? We're working on stuff like that. I'm making this long-winded on this part, but this is what I'm thinking of. If you have any suggestions, anything that you would like to see, you know, what would make you happy if you kicked us a little bit of cash for enjoying the podcast. Of course, the regular episodes will be totally free. We just want to come up with more kick-ass content for you, and we can continue to push the boundaries of metal podcasting with using Patreon. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you got all our social media shit. So follow us, man. I've been talking to so many people online from this, and I love it. I love messaging you guys on Facebook, Instagram. I mean, speaking back and forth to you. It makes my week, you know? You hit me up. You don't even have to tell me you like the podcast. I'll talk to you about metal. I'll talk to you about murder. I'll talk to you about jujitsu. I'll talk to you about drinking alcohol. You know, I'm a cool guy, and I love to talk to people on the internet. That's what it was made for. Vice versa, man. I've had a lot of cool conversations with people down to earth. Yeah, that's the thing about metal, man, is that the people that listen to metal is just a community, and everyone in bands, fans of bands, and uh, now us doing this podcast, it's just all the people that grew up the same way we did, everyone's real open, you know what I mean? And it's great to talk to you guys, so please keep that coming, you know, just uh, send me a Facebook message, send me an Instagram message, and just let me know you're in this with me, you know what I mean? It makes me feel great, and then uh, we'll, we'll, we'll... take it out on the song we picked this week which is goat lord sacrifice lie on the altar black prince stands near smell the rotting stench feel the trembling fear sacrifice of virgins sacrifice of preachers sacrifice of children sacrifice of all unholy voice brought him here to feast on holy flesh seven virgins open wide await their final breath Bible thrown into the abyss. God exists no more. Yeah. Staked to the cross. In glowing hell, virgins crying, virgins weeping. There is no more religion. Time has come for the rest of you to join our rotting hell. 
All that remains of your soul is putrid smell. That's it. Fuck yeah. Duke Orlo is a wild band. They uh, probably would have had more albums if the uh, main member of the band would not have killed his wife. <laughs> I don't think he, you know, he killed like a neighbor and a kid. He like sold all of his shit. I thought it was his wife and a kid that he killed. I don't think so. I don't man. think he killed the kid. We got to look into that. We might, yeah, we, yeah, <laughs> we could just do an episode on it. You know what I mean? But yeah, yeah sure. some ill shit. That motherfucker lost his shit, killed some shit. He was a riff lord, dude. Oh, man, was he? <laughs> That's the thing. I think if you just get riffy like that, your brain goes somewhere. It's like, dude, if good recording was in metal around this time period, it would have been the... I think this would have been the heaviest fucking oh, riff Oh, they're very heavy. So, uh, you sh- I mean... It's like Satanic Crowbar, dude. Our producer, Mark, is definitely going to put the song in this episode, but you should dig into Goat Lord. It's, I mean... You can get on... You know, uh, go support a murderer, I guess, but it's yeah. fucking heavy, dude. Well, there's it's other people in the great. band. Yeah. You can get yeah, on... That's, uh, that's a good point. You can get on uh hell's headbangers and i think you can buy the actual like demos it's on spotify too man yeah it's on spotify but for sure like go buy like go buy the should you buy coffee copy should you buy it should you should you absolutely all right (laughs) it's fucking good well hey man uh i know i got long-winded about the patreon i feel bad about that because i got fucking hammered man that's why i don't drink on tuesdays but thank you guys for hanging in there with us uh, with Halloween week upon us, you've got so many opportunities to speak to demons, bring them into your life, manifest what you want for yourself. Demons are here for you. It's not like God. It's not like saying a prayer to some empty sky where some big omnipotent man is supposed to look after your life and has a plan for you. Well, what if you want a certain thing? If you want to have... If you want to be the most successful heavy metal band in the world, if you, the Bible says it's selfish to pray for that. You're not supposed to pray for a specific goal. God's got a plan for you. Fuck that shit. You know what demons are here for? <laughs> demons are here to guide you along the path that you want to walk down. You just got to give a little sacrifice to them. You got to work with them. And they have a sense of humor. And they're, yeah, they like having a good time. So what you need to do is look into how to summon the demon that you want to summon that's best for you. If you want to make money, there's a demon for that. If you want to have a kick-ass heavy metal man, there's a demon for that. If you want to have the number one death metal podcast, we're going to find that demon. And next week, me and Buddy are going to conjure up Richard Ramirez from the grave. And I think that you guys should do that with whatever you want to be successful for. Chaos magic works, man. Summoning demons works, man. Get out there and actualize your dreams. Anything from you, Buddy? Nope. All right, guys. Satan forever. We'll see you next week on fucking Halloween. Hell yeah. Hell yes.